Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are in the world right now. My guest today is Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony is a psychic explorer. Mark is a fourth generation psychic medium and lawyer who communicates with spirits. He is the author of The Afterlife Frequency, Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. This is his story and this is his passion. Mark Anthony, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you, Louise. It's an honor to be here. Um, gosh, I've got lots of questions and I just love, love what you're doing. And um, I'd like to talk about your book afterwards. You do talk about, just to start with, uh, electromagnetic magnetic soul soul frequency or electromagnetic soul gosh i can't even say it what is this can you explain what that is well we'll make it easy you can call it the ems how's that amazing ems Um, the ems is the electromagnetic soul and this describes what we really are you know we are not these bodies louisa you know we are in these bodies and people have been trying to understand consciousness uh, since the dawn of recorded history. Every great spiritual teacher has taught us that the soul pre-exists the body, comes into the body, moves on after the body. And, you know, we're talking that's Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, the Native American beliefs, the beliefs of the Pacific, Africa. I mean, this is a universal understanding. And we know from the field of neuroscience, which studies the human brain, that the brain has an electrical field and operates on chemical reactions and electrical impulses. But neuroscientists have been completely unable to determine how the brain creates consciousness. And that is because it doesn't. And and so we know from the laws of physics that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. So when you start looking at what the spiritual teachers are teaching us in physics, this energy field comes into our brain. And then when we die, it moves on. So the electromagnetic soul is a 21st century term which bridges the divide between faith and science to explain what we really are, which is pure consciousness, a spirit, a soul, which is eternal electromagnetic energy. Gosh, you explained that so well. Um, I've got lots of what? questions. <laughs> I've got lots of questions. <laughs> I know you, you do an incredible amount of research, but why... I completely agree with you, but why do we so detach from that that spiritual side of our, ourselves and associate so much with the physicalness of this reality? Because of the brain. See, people confuse the brain with the soul. And that's where neuroscientists, they get caught up in their own um, scientific dogma, if you will, because the brain is like a computer hard drive. You know, your computer did not create the programs that are on it. 
your computer did not, you know, if you're using Apple or, you know, Mac, it didn't create the Apple programs, nor, nor if you're using Windows, it didn't create Windows 10 or 11 or whatever operating system you're using. It merely hosts those. But, but the brain serves an important function because it is designed for finite perception because we're living in the material world to experience things in a finite state that we cannot in an infinite state. So, you know, we, so we go on this finite perception and we get very caught up in the material and we all too often overlook the, the spiritual. Yes, and we get so caught up in our bubble of reality. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean so much in the larger picture of things. I guess I have to ask the question, one of those universal truths, why are we here? Why do we experience this pain and suffering and our humanness? You know, I don't think anybody knows that. We, you know, in other words, I have insights. I'm a psychic medium. I communicate with spirits. Um, I'm a near-death experiencer and researcher, and I've been studying this forever. Uh, well, forever, for, for my lifetime. And, and I've asked spirits, okay, you know, why are we here? Why do we have to go through all of this? And it appears that we go through a series of incarnations. All right, so yes, now we're talking about reincarnation. But the thing is, um, billions of people on earth believe in reincarnation as part of their dogma also um anyone that's had a near-death experience believes in reincarnation and i think any legitimate medium after you communicate with spirits they tell you about reincarnation so it appears that we come into this world louisa to experience things that we can't when we're pure energy See, pure energy, the EMS, the electromagnetic soul, and, and that's one of the key concepts that I introduce in my new book, The Afterlife Frequency. And once you understand the EMS, then it starts to, yeah, I use that to help explain the other forms of, of spirit communication, like near-death experiences, shared death, deathbed vision, spirit communication through a medium. And so pure energy, it doesn't get sick. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't die. So in a purely energetic state, and spirits always tell me how great it is, um, we can experience things here that you can't. Loss of a loved one, um, loss of a body part, bodily function, uh, heartbreak, sadness. And it's very, it's like, why? But it appears that we grow in response to adversity. And also that what happens here, Louisa, appears based on all the spirits I've communicated with that it has a direct correlation to what happens when we return to that infinite state. See, the other side isn't like this swimming pool of joy. You know, everyone's happy, you know, yeah, everyone's happy, but it appears that there are different frequencies. That's why I use the word frequency so much. And so let's say you go through a number of incarnations here, and then when you go transfer to the other side, you may go to an elevated frequency and eventually you'll get to the point where it's no longer necessary to return to this particular dimension. So that is as concise and simplistic as I can explain that, because if we just talked about this, we'd have to do about eight or nine shows, I think. Or maybe more. <laughs> or maybe 
A lot more. I, I just want to touch on, you mentioned this dimension. Does our soul travel to other dimensions, possibly in a, in a physical, some sort of physical form? Well, it's energy. It's energy. And in, yeah, in the afterlife frequency, I explain spirit communication and the afterlife on the basis of quantum physics. And I know, Louisa, as soon as people hear quantum physics, it's like, oh, my God, you know, like we're going to be subjected to reading a combination of a law book, a calculus book and a real estate textbook all rolled into one. And believe me, I understand that I trudged through enough boring books in the practice of law and, and in law school. Um, but if everybody had a, a, a basic understanding of quantum physics, and here's what it is. In our world, in our dimension, everything is made of molecules. All right, we all learn that in school. Mm -hmm. And molecules are made of atoms. We learn that too. And we also learn that atoms are made of smaller particles, electrons, protons, and neutrons. And now we know from quantum physics that those in turn are made from the most minute particle, quantum. Ergo, the term quantum physics, plurals quanta, because people use them interchangeably. And everything on the most basic level is electromagnetic energy. So um, let's say this, this computer mouse um, that I'm using, on a subatomic level, it is the same electromagnetic energy that you are, that I am, that the radio waves this show is being broadcast on, that the light we're seeing, everything is at the most basic level electromagnetic energy which vibrates at different frequencies so even though this is vibrating on the subatomic level my vibrations higher because i'm alive and then my ems my electromagnetic soul is vibrating even higher and then when the ems leaves the body in other words a spirit that's vibrating at an even um, more rapid frequency so so once we understand that um, in, in, you know, because a lot of times when we think of quantum physics, you know, you envision, you know, Max Planck, Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein with blackboards loaded with calc or, you know, on the Big Bang Theory with Sheldon yeah. writing all these these uh, equations, um, which which is is how how quantum physicists arrive at that. But for for our purposes, when people begin to understand that it starts to make sense. When, you know, we hear people say, well, we're all energy, we're all interconnected. Well, we are, and quantum physics explains that. And so once we get that, we realize that, okay, so when we physically die, our EMS vibration enhances, it goes to a different vibration. And so it can, it can um, go through a series of, of lives, incarnations in this dimension. And then when its journey here is complete, what spirits have indicated to me is you go to another dimension. And then it's like, well, you know, and, and, and I was raised in the Catholic faith, you know, where the objective is, you know, you get to go to heaven, which is like a Michelangelo painting. Yes. Okay. Where clouds and angels and everybody looks great. And they're sipping wonderful red wine. It's not necessarily <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Only one. yeah no, not, it depends how big the glass is though. Right. <laughs> it, it does. It does. <laughs> funny too because i remember 
I had a friend from Germany and, and we were talking about Jesus and he goes, I said, well, you know, we don't know what Jesus looked like. And he goes, yes, we do. There is a picture of him in the Bible, you know, and of course in his Bible, Jesus is like blonde hair, blue eye, looked like a surfer, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but then how come, you know, when you uh, look at um, Greek icons of Jesus, he looks Greek or when you're in France, he looks French, you know, and what it is, and, and I'm not knocking faith, um, we're dealing with infinity and it's easier for us to look at infinity in the form of a highly evolved, um, incredible, uh, peace loving avatar teacher than it is, Oh, a quantum electromagnetic field that spans all time and space. I mean, that's, that's beyond our brain's ability, our mm -hmm. finite perception to grasp the, to, excuse me, to grasp the infinite. Um, having said that, and this also relates to everyone has a different near-death experience or our consciousness creates our reality. You mentioned God or Jesus might look very different for all of us and we all have different experiences. Do you believe that we, we, we create our reality through our consciousness, our beliefs, our thoughts? No. Okay. Um, I know that, that, yeah, there's a lot of the these consciousness people, oh, everything's uh, it's a holograph, blah, blah, blah. No. We're here. Now, what our consciousness does, it's our perspective on things. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's easy for people living, living in the West, uh, living in developed countries where we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. We have a roof over our head. Yet then again, there's people living on our streets who don't have that. Okay. So, so you can't, you can't fault somebody for having a negative perception when their physical situation is, is like that. I think that there is a material world construct. We are in it. And then how we perceive it, of course, is up to us. But it's like, you know, this pen is this pen, whether I perceive it or not. And if it suddenly was teleported to the surface of Mars, it's still a pen whether I perceive it or not, you know, because I've heard this, well, you know, there isn't consciousness, there isn't a reality, there isn't a universe unless there's something there to perceive it. So before humans existed and dinosaurs were roaming planet earth, did earth not exist or did it only exist because dinosaurs perceived it? And so that's why I don't, don't buy that argument. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. I also wanted to ask, um, um the ems it's 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 uh the same for all living life that includes pets animals dogs cats what's your thoughts yeah. on that oh absolutely um energy you know it's only human arrogance that assumes that only people have souls mm -hmm. you know when you when you live with animals you realize that you know they have souls and uh, they have an intelligence. It's a different form of intelligence, but they're intelligent nonetheless. And in the course of being a medium, I've conducted probably 15,000 readings. And in each reading, um, it's not unusual for multiple spirits to come through for, for the client. And oftentimes those spirits are animals. And I've communicated, you know, certainly with dogs, cats, horses, birds, rabbits, gerbils, hamsters. Um, I even communicated with a bear one time, which was, which was really interesting. 
And it appears as well, and I've had this discussion with my colleagues, that any being capable of the emotion of love is capable of spirit communication. So something like a, um, an alligator, uh, which is, is not capable of the emotion of love as far as we're able to understand, understand them, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have an EMS that means it that doesn't mean that it doesn't reincarnate or recycle but it's on a different vibrational frequency so let's say it's on a lower band that would make it perhaps out of our range of of um being able to communicate with it because love appears to be an extremely important component love is energy and and if you don't believe me then when somebody you love dies Tell me how you feel. You feel like all the energy has been sucked out of you. You feel absolutely devastated, like part of you has been pulled apart. And, and when people that have near-death experiences and who communicate um, with spirits love, encountering uh, loved ones in spirit, you feel this overwhelming love in an NDE there's stages to an NDE. There's the, you know, the floating sensation going through the tunnel, encountering spirits of people that, that matter and, you know, that, you know, who died. And then there's going even further into this intense intelligence, which is, feels like pure love. So that's why love is so incredibly important when it comes to spirit communication which is an awesome segue because I can't wait to talk about spirit communication. But I just wanted to ask you, you just touched on grief when someone passes, the overwhelming emotions and feelings and even the, the feelings in your body are yeah. incredible. What, why, what is that? It is our interconnectedness. Think of, um, Louisa, think of everyone that you love that you're tethered to them by like a spider web, okay? Well, we'll take the spider out of it, all right? Yes. But, but how does the I spider web work? It's vibration, okay? And all of a sudden, that link feels like it's severed, and it, it's so abrupt and it's so overwhelming. Plus, you know, like living in the material world, I mean, the bonds that we have, the, the bond between a parent and a child is, is like no other. And, and, you know, uh, with all due respect to dads, okay, the bond between a mother and a child mm -hmm. is, uh, there's nothing like it. And so when that physical link is severed, it leaves this tremendous void that is immediately fill, filled by pain. And so it is through understanding that when somebody we love dies, that our relationship has gone from one of a physical nature to one of a spiritual nature. And anyway, I could go on and on with, with the analogy about the, the spider web, but this is also um, involved with spirit communication. So I'll put that on hold. I'll, I'll wait for your next question. Well, my next main topic is spirit communication. Well, how do you do it? What does it feel like? Um, oh, gosh, I'm going to leave you to this one because you're kind of the expert, um, spirit communication. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where to start? Well, 
let's let's go back to the spider web mm -hmm. okay and then we'll talk about how everyone feels it and then i'll get into how how i experience it is that everyone we love we're connected to both on this side and the other side so let's say you know a parent something happens with your child and you feel it okay and you know whether or not it was something you know, uh, you know life-threatening um why do you think you feel that is that just a coincidence no it gets down to that quantum um connection what's known as quantum entanglement so you feel something going on with a loved one and then you, you know then you get the call and find out oh my gosh you know they're in an accident or you know something terrible happened or maybe something good happened but that intensifies when a person dies so the ems then free of the lower slower vibration of our body transferring to the higher vibration of the afterlife frequency so when you're grieving a spirit very heavily that sends a vibration along that tether they pick up on it they will come to you i mean how many how many of um of your viewers may have been driving in their car and suddenly felt they needed to turn on the radio and there was that song yeah see you're smiling because that's happened to you too all right or maybe you had a dream where a deceased loved one talks to you and it's not like a regular dream with all the surrealistic you know um abstract imagery but it's like you sat there and actually or, or had a direct conversation with somebody and when you came out of the dream it felt real or maybe you've smelled a familiar scent you know like a cologne or something else and there's no source for it that relates to a person who's passed these are all frequency beacons spirits are able to emit these waves of frequency to us and we can send them to them as well that's why many times when people are grieving or sad they'll feel the presence of a loved one around them and so so now what happens with me it appears that everybody is capable of having a spiritual connection whether or not you're a medium it's just that some people are better at it mm -hmm. it's like some people are better athletes some people are better mathematicians some people are better artists i mean we're all different thank goodness i mean if we're all the same we'd be like a school of fish <laughs> you know we just sort of be reacting to the the same thing and um but but it appears that um some people are able to tune into this frequency let me explain there's five different brainwave frequencies gamma beta alpha theta delta gamma is super high functioning okay this is like you know if you're on final jeopardy <laughs> okay um you know that's where people you're just you know revving your brain at full power beta is in the the state we're in now it's the conversational the awake the functioning state when we start to relax we go into alpha alpha is when you meditate or you're just sort of laying there and i call it a groovy baby state you know because you feel good you know okay. and then alpha will drift into theta which is dream sleep and then there's delta which is non-dreaming sleep but that's where your body repairs itself so so delta is important but it's the alpha theta border louisa that is conducive to psychic and mediumistic activity it opens us up to reception that's why so many people have dreams where loved ones will communicate with them because spirits can spot that okay and it's funny because you look through scripture um how many prophetic dreams are in the bible 
you know, Joseph uh, interpreting dreams of Pharaoh, uh, the other Joseph in the New Testament getting warned, get Jesus out of there before Herod goes berserk, the three wise men, hey, Herod's a nutcase, you know, Jacob's ladder. I mean, you can go through all of it and also through the course of human history and in uh, many religions um, where spiritual entities will come and communicate with a person in the dream state. And that's because it's the alpha theta border. Now, here's the thing. For some reason, and neuroscientists who study afterlife communication, they're still not entirely sure, but they have their theories. People like me can go to that alpha theta state while I'm in the beta state within seconds, whereas normally it takes hours to do that. So for whatever reason, I'm able to go into that state, which makes sense because your question was, what does it feel like? It feels like I'm slipping into a daydream, which is the alpha state. Right. Okay. And so then um, I'll get cold chills and tingles. All right. That's why a lot of people think spirit contact is spooky and scary. Why? Because that's the same physiological response you get when you're scared. Okay. Right. And so let's say you encounter a spirit and you get cold chills and tingles. It's evil. It's like, okay, let's calm down here. Realize that spirits are electromagnetic energy. So they're EMS is now interfacing with the electrical system of your body and the physiological response is cold chills and tingles, which triggers the fight or flight response, okay? So once you start to realize that it's not scary and be more accepting of that, so I get the cold chills and tingles, then I will see things, hear things, feel things and know things. And in the, you know, people think, well, do you see spirits walking around? Yes, but more often than not, I will see them as a vivid memory in my mind's eye. And I think that the reason for that, for a spirit to do this, you know, I'm going to give you a visual, it's a lot of energy on their part, whereas it's easier to just send a wave of frequency into your brain. And so the question is, well, what does it look like? Okay, Louisa, think of the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. You see it in your mind's eye? Yes. That's how I see spirits. Okay. Think of, um, um, let's say the song, Happy Birthday. You can hear it in your mind. Okay. That may be how I hear a spirit. Then I will feel physical sensations. So when spirits connect with me, first I'll get their gender. Then I'll get an idea of their relationship to you. So if I say that somebody's on your level, that means your generation, brother, sister, cousin, spouse, friend. Below your level, child, niece, nephew, above your level, parent, and uncle. They don't have to be relatives. All right, so a lady on the mother level could be an aunt or a stepmother or a mother-in-law, boss, teacher, professor. So I get like this family tree chart. Then I will get the, the um, visual, auditory, and I'll feel usually how they died. And, um, and, and, and the, these are identifiers that they're transmitting to me that I'll explain to you. And then once we get a uh, confirmation on, okay, I know who this is, then they're going to start transmitting to me either visions, other auditory messages, or I'll just know things. And, and so that's how it happens. It happens in stages, but it happens pretty quickly. Does, does that answer your question? It does. And I guess my next question is, if someone comes to see you or connects with you and wants to find out about their mother that's passed for example you can't always contact that mother it might be an aunt or a, a, another relative is that correct yeah it, you know um 
what happens is spirits are never alone. People are always, you know, concerned that their loved one is somehow isolated or alone. And, you know, at the risk of being facetious, if 10 people come through and I can see all 10 of them, don't you think they can see each other too? You know, so they're not alone because that's the nature of the other side is the EMS connects to other spirits, connect to other spirits. It's what I call the collective consciousness. They become part of a bigger whole, although each individual EMS is still an, is still an individual. It's like we're all drops of water in the ocean you know, when you're on the other side. And, you know, I can say, all right, let's try to get your mother in here. But what what is, I think, the best approach for someone going into a reading, instead of going and say, I want to know this, when you start flooding the energetic field with all types of angst, I want, I want, I want. Or um, if I'm presenting information and you don't want to hear from that spirit, well, look, I'm not a bouncer at a bar. Okay, I can't say, hey, you spirit, get out of here, you know, you let's hear what they have to say because they know who needs to come through and they'll oftentimes step aside in, in the afterlife frequency. I have a chapter called the unfolding and avoiding the no, no, no syndrome. The unfolding is think of the reading like a flower. It blooms, it blossoms, it unfolds. It can take hours, days, weeks, or even longer for the full meaning of a message to make sense to you. And the no, no, no syndrome is people who shoot everything down. No, 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 no. And it's like, don't do that. That's energetically, you're slamming the door in their face. It's better to say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. I don't know just yet. You see the difference? No, no, no is an aggressive. Also, I want, I want, I want is aggressive. Overthinking, overanalyzing, aggressive. Get those out of the way. If you don't understand it, don't worry about it. For example, I did a session for this woman and her mother spirit came through and started to talk about this younger male. I go, he's like a son and he's having issues with his eyes. And she said, I don't have a son, but I'm very close to my sister's um, boy. He's eight years old and he's been complaining about headaches and eye strain. I said, well, your mother wants you to take him to the eye doctor. She goes, okay. And I said, and I'm hearing this song from Little Richard, Tutti Fruity, Ah Rudy. And I go, and she goes, okay. She goes, well, yeah, yeah I know who Little Richard was, but you know, we're not fans. And, and, and I'm, I, I think I know the song, but it doesn't make any sense. I said, don't worry about it. And she was good. Instead of no, 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 no. She said, I just don't know. So a month later, Louise, I get an email and she said, um, my sister and I made an appointment for my nephew. We go to the doctor's office, the eye doctor. And as soon as we walked into his office on the radio, it started playing Tutti Fruity, Ah Rudy by Little Richard. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> so I think we're way past a billion to one odds of that happening. And that was her mother's spirit because spirits are able to perceive what you and I would call future events. Because on the quantum level, the subatomic level, time as we know it does not exist. So she was able to see that. And by them walking into the eye doctor, the precise moment that Tutti Frutti Ah Rudy started playing was a confirmation from the mother that you're doing the right thing. That's great. I love that. So um, there is only the now moment. There's no past, present or future. It's when you talk about uh, the mother spirit had seen what we would perceive as a future event, does that mean that everything 
has already occurred in this lifetime? You know, when we start getting into this, it's hard okay. to wrap your head around, isn't it? No, no, no. I mean, it's 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 hard. It you is. Know, because I remember, yeah, I, and, and it, it comes into space-time theory that on the quantum level, and I know I always do this because I go molecules, atoms, mm -hmm. um, electrons, protons, mm -hmm. neutrons, that, you know, I'm real visual. Um, um, and so when you get to that quantum level, because everything is energy, and I, and I explain this in detail in the afterlife frequency, and, um, and, and I was struggling trying to figure this out. And I'm like, I can't understand space time. And I was having the hardest time. And, and, and uh, so I took a break and, and then all of a sudden I was, um, and something popped up on the computer screen and it was a quote from Werner Heisenberg. And he's one of the quantum physicists who was Albert Einstein and Max Planck's friend back in the golden age of quantum physics. And the quote said, when you think you understand quantum physics, you really don't. And I burst out laughing and I felt so much better <laughs> that, okay, if Werner Heisenberg was having a hard time, and then all of a sudden I had my aha moment and I developed how, how to explain it. So, so spirits being pure electromagnetic energy are able to see what we perceive to be the past, present, and future. Time is something that was created by human beings based on the Earth's rotation around the sun. And it's very normal for us to believe in time because we are born, we grow old, and then we die. And everything, as from our perception, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's funny, it's like, um, you know, I've always been a history buff. A timeline, you know, you go up to the whiteboard and you draw a dot and it starts on the left and then moves to the right. Okay, that time moves in one direction. And, you know, it's like the Roman Empire was 2000 years ago. All right. Then there was, you know, the Dark Ages and then there was the middle, you know, and, and so on and all the way up till now. And it's for us living in this finite material world, that's fine. But when you see beyond that, you realize that, well, that isn't really what's going on it's such a fascinating it is hard to get your head around it's a, I, I mean that's oh, my belief it, as well it, but it's fascinating it's fascinating it, it really is i mean uh, louisa you know it's kept me up many a night and you know it's so funny because uh, my hero has always been albert einstein i've mm -hmm. always loved albert mm -hmm. einstein and when i was at princeton university and i I don't know if I should say this, um, but I'll go on. Just um, tell us now. You've already hinted at it. Right, <laughs> you I, can't. <laughs> I, I, I sneaked into the classroom where he taught. You're not supposed to go in there. And I didn't do anything. I just wanted to be there. And I remember standing there going, oh, my God, Albert Einstein. I mean, I, like tears were coming yeah. out of my eyes. It's like he stood right here, you, you know, and, you know, I. It, it certainly, there have been other great geniuses, you know, Stephen Hawking, Max Planck, Werner Heisenberg, Nikola Tesla. I mean, you could go through all of them. But there was just something about Einstein. He just seemed like he got it. He just got it. And I love what he said. He said, there's two ways to believe, uh, to, to approach your life. One, that nothing is a miracle. And the other is that everything is a miracle. I love that. That's, a, that's fantastic. Um, so for the, for the listeners and watchers that have 
watching this interview or listening to this interview, what's your tools or tips or advice to connect with some a loved one past or spirits? Well, I was working on that very problem when I was writing the afterlife frequency in Louisa. It's like my head hit a brick wall, writer's block. And, and the worst thing about writer's block, it always seems to happen on those days when you've scheduled the time to work on the book. <laughs> I had a whole day and I'm sitting here at my computer and I'm like, nothing. So I live near the ocean and I thought, well, let me go for a walk. And uh, I, I start heading towards the beach and all of a sudden the cold chills and tingles happen. I go, aha. And I do an about face. I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, I know why now, but, but I realize, okay, walking on the beach is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I headed towards this bike path. It was around 11 in the morning and I was walking down this bike path and suddenly I see two objects shining in the light. So I walk over and I look down at them and it's a nickel and a penny. And both my parents are in spirit. And I heard my mother's voice. It's bad luck if their head's down. And I start laughing because, you know, my mother's family is of Italian descent mm -hmm. and they have a superstition for all occasions <laughs> and, a, and a penny or nickel heads down. And then I hear dad's voice. It's money. Grab it. And so I'm laughing <laughs> and I'm holding. So, <laughs> so I'm holding this nickel and this penny in my hand. I go, ah, six cents. And I go, six sense it hit me and i go okay okay they're trying to tell me something oh, and, cold chills and, tingles. and then i see my father in my mind's eye i see him standing in the ocean holding this blue canvas raft okay my dad was a u.s navy seal he was a scuba diver he was a swimming instructor taught tons of kids how to swim and i go okay 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 and i go what are you telling me dad raft and then it hit me recognize teach people how to recognize signs from spirits accept the contact is real feel it don't overthink it trust the message and go oh my god that's it and i ran back the words just flew out of me and so I, I was trying to figure out how to do uh, yeah and in the how i found it is an example of the raft technique okay i i got the the cold chills and tingles okay so i recognized spirits were around I saw the nickel and the penny, and when I realized they were talking about the sixth sense, I accepted that as real. I felt it without overthinking it. This is where people go wrong. They'll get to that point. Oh, this is a coincidence. It must be a grief-induced hallucination. Oh, it's my imagination. This can't be real. That's where people go wrong is in the third step. And then there, so you get through that. You feel it. Feel it first. Mm -hmm. Think later, and then trust. So the raft technique is not just applied to situations like that, Louisa, but it's also, let's say you have that dream where a loved one comes and talks to you, apply the raft technique to that. You have a near-death experience. You want to make sense of it. A shared death experience, which is when somebody that you know is dying and maybe they're under care of hospice and, or they're very, very ill and people in close proximity to that person will pick up on what that person's experiencing during their transition. They may see spirits that the, the, that the person transitioning is interacting with. They may feel like they're being lifted off their feet. They may even see glimpses of that person's life review. This is a very new frontier in the realm of near-death experience and survival of consciousness. Been reported for thousands of years, but people are afraid to talk about it. Now it's being openly discussed. And so when you want to make sense of that and help interpret it, 
the raft technique. So I saw that the message that I was receiving from the other side was to help people understand on a broad spectrum the different forms of spirit communication because they're not separate phenomenon. They all have a common denominator, which is energy transfer and frequency alignment. And the raft technique is a, is a way that we can all do this. And so in, in my book, I explain not only the origin of the raft technique, but what each section means and how you can start incorporate this. So then when you get the, the, the messages, you'll go RAFT and you'll get it right away. Can you just repeat the Ralph technique again? <laughs> the recognize the, the science from spirits. Yeah, um, you recognize the science from a spirit, accept it as real. Usually, that's pretty easy for people. Feel it without overthinking it. Trust in the message. It's a four-step process. It's simple and, and so. Sorry, please go. On. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's there. It's complex and simple. But once you start employing it, and I've had a number of people say, you know, it's it started to become second nature to me. But it's on that third step where you start doubting. Well, that can't be it. Don't do that. Feel it. Feel it. I, I'm just just talking for the audience here, but I feel a lot of people might sort of think, okay, great, I'm feeling it, I'm accepting it, but I'm not getting the messages. I don't understand how it can be incorporated into my life. I can't hear it basically, or what does it mean? It, it takes time. And that's where the trust comes in. Okay. And, you know, like Tutti Frutti Ah Rudy. Well, who knew what that meant at the time? It took, it took some time before that made sense. And so the, the more you, you start work, it's like any other skill. The more you practice it, the more it's going to become fluid. It's like, you know, the first time most of us tried to ride a bike, we probably didn't, you know, but you fall down, you get back up and you keep trying it. And it's the same thing with the raft technique. And then, you know, because a lot of people go into spirit communication with, well, I want messages. I want answers. And that gets back to the no, no, no syndrome. I want, I want, I want. How about, oh, I got a message from my mom. Did it make you feel good? Yeah. Well, maybe that's all the message needed to be. You know, everyone's always looking for, you know, I want, you know, winning lottery numbers. Well, maybe that's not what the message was about. And sometimes it may, you know, you may get a bad feeling about a person, place or thing to avoid it. And, you know, we have to be, be aware of those things too. Good points. Um, a big congratulations on your book, by the way, The Afterlife Frequency. We've spoke before the show, and it's doing really, really well. Do you want to hold it, it up has. for the audience? Yeah, The Afterlife Frequency. It's on sale worldwide at all fine bookstores and on Amazon.com. It's in print, uh, Kindle, uh, ebook, audio. Uh, and I, I did the narration for the book. My publisher you know, wanted me to do that. And I've been very, very humbled and honored at the response of it. It um, came out on October 12th, and it's barely out a month. It's gone into a second printing. I was notified by Columbia University that somebody submitted it for a Pulitzer Prize, which kind of took my breath wow. away. Well, a big congratulations again, Mark. Um, on a final note, is there, is there something you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you, or do you have a message from Spirit for the Passion Harvest audience that you'd like to share? The message that I have, uh, Louisa, and it would 
take probably longer than we have to explain how it was transmitted to me and the, the circumstances behind it. Um, but I'll give you the, the short version. About two weeks, my mother and father both had mediumistic abilities. This runs in my family for generations. And my mother died and I was the senior partner of a, of a law firm at the time. And I was coming back from court, I was driving and I was so overwhelmed with sadness. And I decided I needed to pull over. And I pulled into this parking space because I didn't want to go to my law firm because I knew I was about to cry. And, and it's okay to cry. My dad, the Navy SEAL, always taught Aww. me real men are never afraid to cry for somebody to love. And I really love my mom. And all of a sudden, this flash of light went off in the car. And I turned and I looked at the passenger side and I caught a glimpse of her silhouette in this beautiful silver white light. And her voice filled my head. And she said, Mark, you have been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief, but now you must help those suffering with theirs by teaching them that God exists, heaven exists, our souls are immortal living spirits, that we can communicate with souls, and that we will be reunited with our loved ones in the light when it is your time to leave this material world. And then I sunk back into my seat, broke out into a sweat, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, people talk about, you know, spiritual events being subtle. Mine was kind of like a fire hose right in the face. And everything in my life changed after that day. Within a year of that, I had left the practice of law. My first book, Never Letting Go, had been published. And I remember when I, I gave the call to, to the um, organization I was working with that I, I said, I'm, I'm not coming back, um, I'm done. And I hung up the phone and it was my cell phone. And, and I go, oh my God, I just quit the practice of law. And my manager, Rocky, she was with me. She says, Mark, where are you right now? I said, Harvard. She goes, and what are you doing in an hour? I said, giving a lecture on my new book never letting go and talk about the afterlife. She goes, put it all in the rear view, Mark. This is where you're supposed to be. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and then I realized, oh my God, I'm at Harvard talking about the afterlife and, and, and all that, all, you know, and everything in our life, everybody counts, everybody matters. Yeah, I have, a, I have one path, but everybody does. So make the best of each day, be the best you can. And sometimes being the best you can is just being a sympathetic ear for somebody who needs to talk. Well, Mark Anthony, that's an incredible, powerful way to end the show. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest and gosh, the incredible work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. And to all your listeners, God bless you. And please, I'm Mark Anthony, and I'm asking you to keep listening to The Passion Harvest. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. You're so sweet. Thanks, Mark. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.